We're excited to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on a good friend of ours. C.J. Holmes writes for the San Francisco Chronicle, formerly of the Auburn University men's basketball team, formerly of The Athletic and many other professional publications. It's been a little while since C.J.'s been on the show. Glad to reunite with him here on today's program. C.J., we appreciate the time. How are you, man? Gentlemen, good to hear from you. Doing well. Dude, catch us up. It's been a little bit. It was 2020 the last time we spoke. The NBA was trying to figure out a bubble setup, and you've changed not occupations, but you've changed uh, where you're working, who you're covering, and that sort of thing. So catch our listeners up to speed on what's going on in the world of C.J. Holmes. Oh, man, lots happened since the NBA bubble. Uh, I was living in Tucson when the pandemic hit, covering the University of Arizona men's basketball and football um, when the pandemic hit the athletic made some changes uh, I ended up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania uh, covering big five college hoops for those on the show who don't know that's uh, Villanova, LaSalle, St. Joe's Temple and Penn um, so I did that for a year and some change and then I was you know I was uh, uh, the San Francisco Chronicle reached out to me one day and I was at a Sixers game they're like hey we're looking for a Warriors writer are you interested I was like uh yeah <laughs> um, so went through the interviewing process got the job moved out to Oakland California in February uh, first day at the Chronicle February 22nd they had me on the road out to Portland on the 23rd and it's just kind of been a, a whirlwind of you know um, learning the NBA beat and, you know, learning the Warriors and the team. And, you know, it's, it's crazy that it was just a couple months ago, but I feel like I've been doing this for a year and now uh, it looks like uh, I'll at least be doing it for, uh, um, you know, I'll, I'll, this season's, Warriors season's going to extend another couple couple weeks because uh, it looks like those boys are going to the finals. It, it certainly does look like it. Up 3-0 in the series, and we'll get to that in just a moment. C.J. Holmes, our guest right now. Follow him on Twitter at C.J. Holmes 22. So awesome to follow your work and what you've been up to over the years, and all of our conversations with you have been absolutely electric. We know how plugged in you are still to the life of Auburn men's basketball, and I want to get to that here in just a little bit. But I mentioned the Twitter profile, and last night, there's word that uh, you actually ran in to the one and only Charles Barkley. Two former Auburn men's basketball players running into each other in Dallas for the Western Conference Finals. Tell us about that interaction, CJ. Yeah, it was super cool. Um, I was out getting dinner with uh, a couple media folks, and you know, afterwards, some folks went home. A couple of other us, Tim Cato of uh, the Athletic, covers the map. Was like, hey, we're over at this. Uh, at this bar in Dallas, a couple blocks down from where you are, and no, oh, yeah, Charles Barkley's there, and I was like, I'll be right there. <laughs> um, walked up to Charles. Uh, surprisingly, he remembered me, Charles. You know, when I was playing, Charles would you know often be around the team, you know, speak to us in the locker room a couple times, and uh, let's just say I didn't pay for a drink last night. <laughs> it, was, uh, it, was a, it was a very good time um, hanging out with him. Um, it's been a while. It's been a while, and it was a super cool experience. That's got to be surreal. I mean, were you surprised that he remembered you, CJ? Oh, a little bit. A little bit. Like, I, you know, I walked in, and I walked straight up to him, and I was like, hey, you know, you remember me. You know, CJ Holmes used to play all. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, I remember you. Like, you know, like, what, what, how, you know, what's going on? Like, where you at these days? And, you know, I told him I was working for the Chronicle, and, you know, he was happy for me with that, and, 
you know, then the drink started flowing. I love it. I love it, man. That's a great story. I can only imagine what Barkley was like in that setting. We're so used to watching him on television these days and all the crazy things that he's saying. Let's get more into uh, yeah, the Warriors. And, uh, Go ahead. Took a picture, send it straight to Bruce Pearl. <laughs> That's what you did that. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, let's get to uh, let's get to the season. So you get this new job in February. You're covering the Warriors' first trip out to Portland. It's a team that's won many championships in the last decade. Everyone's healthy once again, and all of a sudden they found themselves in the finals. Pretty good timing on your part. Well, yeah, man. Um, you know, when I took the job, you know, one of the most exciting parts of taking the job was you know knowing that there's a possibility that this team could you know, go to the finals. And it's funny because when I first got on the beat, you know, a lot of fans were giving me, uh, giving me some, giving me some stuff because the Warriors are, you know, they're getting injured. They're going on these long losing streaks. They're like, we were good until CJ Holmes showed up. But, (laughs) but, um, you know, the part that really resonates me when I think about, you know, the, you know, the Warriors season after the all-star break when I got on board is, you know, despite the losing, despite the injuries, the common theme in a lot of the news conferences were, yeah, just wait till we get healthy. You know, there's just like no sense outside of a game in Orlando when Draymond Green kind of ripped the team and, you know, you know, tried to get a rise out of his teammates. There was never really a sense of panic from these guys. And it's, I think it's that championship DNA that Steph Curry's always talking about. And sure enough, um, you know, of course they're not 100% healthy right now. Iguodala's still out with a neck injury, Gary Payton II is working his way back after getting injured in the Memphis series. Um, you know, James Wiseman hasn't played at all all year long, but, the, you know, the the core is healthy, right? You know, they're all back on the floor together, and sure enough, here are these guys knocking on the door of yet another trip to the finals. And something, CJ, I've noticed about watching this team over the years and, and in this playoff run, it, it seems like they are perfectly okay with the all-star player on the other side getting theirs and having big games. But why do they such put such a big emphasis on on, on letting that happen but but playing very tough on the other guys? Because it seems to me, you know, Luka has had his 40-point games here, but obviously Golden State has gotten the results they wanted. So, uh, you know, it seems that they have really mastered the art of, of kind of letting the, the Lukas, the Ja Morants, the LeBrons over the years you know, have theirs, but been able to execute the defense in the other forms and fashions. Now, that's a really good observation, man. It's exactly what the team's doing, you know, and, and – from their in their minds, from their standpoint, like you said, like Luka Doncic is too good. He's gonna get his Nikola Jokic in the opening round. He's too good. He's gonna get his John Morant. He's too good. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like these guys, these guys are superstars in this league for a reason. There's very few things you can do to completely shut them down. The most that you can do is make these guys work. And it's you know, as we've seen in this series uh, against the Mavericks. You know, Luca's had two 40-point games, right, so far. Um, but here's the thing. When the Mavericks get scary, is not when Luca scores 40 points. The Mavericks get scary when Luka Doncic scores 40 and Jalen Brunson adds 30 and Spencer Dinwiddie has 32. That's when you're in trouble. Um, so, you know, from a strategy standpoint, 
in this series, it's been, you know, we're going to put Andrew Wiggins on Luka Doncic's primary defender. We're going to throw a lot of defensive looks at him, both man and zone. I mean, they've gone box one. They've gone one, two, two. I think they've gone three, two, two, three. Um, and just to, con- just to not necessarily confuse him, Luka's a, a hell of a smart player, but to you know, just make him work both mentally and physically as much as you can and to make sure that you limit the other guys completely. And, you know, when you do that, you know, that, that's when you can beat a team like the Mavericks. CJ, spending these last few months around the Warriors, I, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts on, on Clay Thompson because this is a guy from afar that I've always really admired because this is a, a, a really wonderful two-way player that went before the injuries – he was never the top player on the team. He always contributed 20 points, great defense, but it was always Steph or Draymond being talked about primarily, and obviously Steph uh, more than anybody. But some guys in the league feel that they want to be the guy at, at some point in their career. And Clay has never seemed to care about where the credit goes to. And then obviously he has two years of just brutal, the worst injuries you can have in the sport, essentially, and, and comes back and uh, obviously had a few struggles, but really, for all intents and purposes, been a, a lot better than you can imagine for not playing the game in two years. Talk about what you've kind of learned about Clay Thompson here in the last few months and, and what kind of person and what drives him. You know, what immediately comes to mind is there was a news conference after a game um, a while back, maybe a couple weeks ago. I can't remember if it was in the playoffs or the regular season. But one thing Clay said is, look, I don't have to prove anything to anyone. I think everyone knows that, you know, Clay Thompson is one of the best shooters to ever play the game. I mean, what, the man dropped, like, what, 60 off four dribbles or something crazy like that a couple of years back? You know, he's a, he's a three-time champion, could be a four-time champion this year, and he's a guy who's always been content, been content with Staying in his own lane, staying within himself, and thriving in the role that he's given. Um, he's very unselfish. Um, you know, in his news conference, it's never me, it's always we, my teammates. And, you know, it's the kind of mentality that's helped this Warriors team um, win multiple championships, right? Like, there's like four future Hall of Famers on this team, right? But these guys are, these guys really embody selflessness and I think honestly no one more than Clay. I mean he does he doesn't care if he's scoring thirty on fifteen of twenty shooting or if he has a rough night, you know, scoring seven on like thirty shots, right? Um the guy plays hard, um he stays in the moment and you know when the Warriors can get games out of him when he explodes and you know it just makes him that much better. And CJ, your instincts for tonight, I, I know we saw this team um, and get up three games to one on Memphis. Uh, things didn't go well in the first quarter, and then things continued to get a lot less well throughout the game to a, a deficit we've never seen this team before. Uh, how wh- how do you think they're going to balance the desire to sweep Dallas tonight versus, well, we, we know game five is in San Francisco. We feel comfortable there. If it doesn't work out tonight, we can finish them off in game five. I mean, that is a good point. You know, they do know that, you know, whether they, you know, if they if they do wind up losing tonight, they're going back to San Francisco where they have not lost um, at Chase Center in this year's playoffs. But, you know, they've, they would definitely like to get the job done tonight, you know, especially considering that series in the Eastern Conference between the 
between the Heat and the Celtics is tied at 2-2. They would really like the benefit of that added rest uh, heading into the NBA Finals. Um, but, you know, one thing talking to the guys today and yesterday, they're just trying to stay in the moment. And they're trying to learn um, from those past closeout game failures, right? You know, Steve Kerr has always said, oh, we came into it, you know, too amped up. You know, we're sitting here throwing the ball over the gym, turning it over. Um, the Warriors just have to execute tonight, man. They just have to, you know, play like the veteran championship team they are. Um, you know, last game, Dallas takes a lot of threes. When they miss a lot of threes, um, they're kind of easy to beat. But, you know, this is another game on their home floor, and I just cannot envision them shooting the three ball as poorly as they did in game three. And I think the Warriors are prepared for that and ready for that. And, you know, they come into this game, they come into this game focused and locked in on the game plan and they stay within themselves and, you know, play that veteran poise, um, I think they'll be just fine. But, you know, if you ask Jay- Draymond Green, he'll tell you that they're expecting a war tonight. Follow him on Twitter at CJHolmes22 for his coverage of Game 4 tonight of the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. All right, before we let you get out of here, we've been talking a little bit about basketball. We put out a fun post on our Twitter feed today, CJ, that I sent you a little preview ahead of time, and I want to get your input on this, all right? So we're talking about Auburn men's basketball players, one to get a bucket, someone to get a defensive stop, making a three-pointer, getting a rebound, making two free throws for you, and going for 30 in a game, and you can't use the same player twice. Was, was there any of these that were pretty tricky for you to look like, or did you feel like you could come to a conclusion pretty quickly? I think I got a pretty good conclusion. Now, let me clarify. Does this mean all time? Yeah, we, we put no time era specifications on this, but if you would like to, if you want to say the Bruce Pearl era and sort of your time and on, uh, feel free to go that direction. Yeah, I'll go with the, you know, Barbie, late Barbie, early Pearl era. Sure. Um, so get a bucket. I'm going to go with my brother, KTRL. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I kind of wanted to say Chris Denson, right? Because this dude has the most unstoppable left-handed drive I still have ever seen in my life. But I'm going to go with KT. Um, defensive stop. I'm going to go with Walker Kessler, right? Defensive players of the year, the guy swatting shots all over the gym, getting triple doubles. Uh, to make a three, I mean, this, I think this is obvious one. I'm going to go with my guy, Bryce Brown. Yeah. Get, get a rebound. Give me Horace Spencer. The guy is dominant on the glass and has a unmatched motor. Um, two free two throws. Free throws. Uh, let's put Jared on the line, Jared Harper. He's going to knock him down. Go for, and to go for 30, Jabari Smith. I like it. That's pretty good. That's pretty good right there. You missed your basketball playing day, CJ. Like covering a basketball at this level and uh, being on this stage, does it make? I mean, are you wanting to play pickup every single day after watching the games? What's that itch like? I definitely miss it, man. Uh, I don't think my body's in the same shape it used to be back in the day, <laughs> but uh, I miss it. You know, always you know going to these shootarounds and practices and games always brings back memories of um, you know. Playing at, I guess Neville Arena. I guess yes, we call correct. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, playing at Neville Arena, and you know the camaraderie, my teammates, and you know I miss it a lot. And I'm just thankful that I'm in a position where I can stay close to the game, um, even though I'm not playing, you know, in a meaningful way anymore. But you know, I'll still, I'll still dust off the, dust off the sneakers and lace them up every once in a while. Love it. Love it. CJ, as always, it's great catching up with you. We'll do this again sometime soon. We won't make it as long between our next visits. All right. Hey, you know where to find me. That's right. War Eagle, buddy. War Eagle.